Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Vernon, 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 the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. When you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. Get your heating or cooling system tuned by a Vernon specialist today for only $69. Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. Hey everyone, PW Torts Assistant Editor Zach Haydorn here to remind you to pick up a copy of my new book. It's called Stunning, The Wrestling Artistry of Steve Austin. The project takes a long look at Austin as an artist in the wrestling ring. Analysis starts from his early days in the USWA and then wraps up with his match at WrestleMania 38 against Kevin Owens, all with analysis on what worked and how his art worked to connect with fans. The book is available for pre-order right now from the team that brought you the Shamrock Biography Hybrid Shoot. Pre-order copies are discounted and you can get all the details on my Twitter page right now. It's at Torch. Again, it's at Torch to pre-order Stunning, the Wrestling Artistry of Steve Austin. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac Wayne heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and boom! Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Vernon, 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 the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. When you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. Get your heating or cooling system tuned by a Vernon specialist today for only $69. Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings, or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit
And welcome back to another episode of PWT Talks NXT. I'm your host for the evening, Nate Lindbergh, and you can find me on Twitter at Nate Lindbergh. I rank the NXT hits and misses, which I unfortunately don't have up for you guys on uh, on PWTorch.com for tonight. Um, I've been traveling for work the past couple days, got home right before NXT, and I was like, you know, I don't feel like writing, so I just watch a show like a fan tonight. Uh, I'll try to get something up for you guys later on in the week. And uh, here with me on the live report tonight is Bruce Hazelwood. Everybody, you can find my report on the torch on the VIP side, fully written up with my thoughts and my analysis. So if you weren't able to check it out or you just want some other people's thoughts, you can go ahead and check that out uh, online right now. All right, cool. So you guys can check that out, pwtorch.com. If you want to be part of this show, you can always email us, pwtorch, and I, uh, sorry, pwtorchnxt at gmail.com. Someday I'll get that out without stumbling over it. Uh, or you can give us a call at 515-605-9345 and hit one to let me know you guys want to be part of the show. If you, if you do want to be part of the show, otherwise you can just listen live at that number. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about our main event here tonight. We had a fatal four-way uh, for the main of, uh, for the number one contender for the NXT title to face Carmelo Hayes at the oddly named Spring Breakin'. Uh, at least there's not two Ks in Breakin'. I, I, I'm happy about that, at least. Um, but we had uh, Duke, uh, Duke Hudson versus Grayson Waller versus Dragon Lee versus uh, J.D. McDonough here tonight, Fatal 4-Way, uh, with uh, Grayson Waller going over. Um, this, uh, in my opinion, I mean, this was like, you know, kind of a, a standard four-way, Fatal 4-Way match, kind of, you know, a little bit chaotic here and there. Um, you know, everybody kind of got their stuff in, um, Duke Hudson especially getting some of his stuff in there, um, you know, especially after his uh, his MVP segment tonight with Chase U, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but, Bruce, let's get uh, let's get some of your thoughts on the main event. Yeah, it was, as expected, a furiously paced Fatal 4-Way main event. I think, as you were saying, what was notable to me is it seemed like they pretty much evenly split it 25% of everyone getting their their shining spots in, right? So Duke had its, Duke Hudson had his spots, McDonough had his spots, Waller had his spots, Dragon Lee was, I think, the shining star of the match, but not to say that he had more moments than others. I feel like everyone here was pretty evenly split in terms of not just the offense they inflicted, but also the offense they took. So it was... I think what they were trying to tell in that sense is that this is a story, even with with uh, Duke Hudson kind of just being thrown in there, I don't think anyone really taken him seriously as a number one contender, that I, these are actually four people that are very, very close to one another in the rankings and in skills. And it's got to come down to timing and luck, and, and that's what it came down to tonight. And as soon as Waller was announced for the match, I had a feeling it would be him because the only other – Really, the only other option would be Dragon Lee, but with Carmelo Hayes having just won the title and the whole issue between him and Breaker for that feud was the being the best of the best, you're not going to have him lose his first title defense. And with Dragon Lee, that's someone where you need to have him win in that kind of you know that kind of a match. So I figured this is a good way to not to just remind fans of who he is and then. I think the route they go is have him win a couple feuds, possibly be the person to dethrone Wesley so we have a lead-to-lead lineage, and both of my sons are champions in that regard. And then eventually he faces off Hayes and, and takes it off Hayes when Hayes moves to Raw or SmackDown. I 
I just don't think Hudson has been built enough for anyone to really take him seriously as a number one contender. And then McDonough is someone who is always there, but never really someone you look at as being the one to be to take that number one contender spot. Uh, if I had to equate him to someone, I guess you could be like a Baron Corbin in a sense, where he's a heel that you can place anywhere, and sometimes that does mean in a number one contender match, but he's generally not going to be winning those types of matches. So it really came down to Waller and Lee. Waller, again, I just felt like not only was he the most obvious uh, choice here, but I don't think I've been any more confident in saying that some uh, confident in saying that Waller is going to uh, his last match at NXT will be at spring break and in two weeks against Carmelo Hayes because he's going to lose that match. Um, you can't have him go over, especially when he lost two title matches to Braun Breaker, including a gimmick match. So I think he loses here. It's his way to be written off of NXT and maybe either as a surprise and turn into a Money in the Bank qualifier or after Money in the Bank or something, he makes his debut on Raw. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, um, I really want to put over the ease at which Dragon Lee lifted Duke Hudson and slammed him for the sit-out powerbomb, the Batista oh bomb, God. basically. It looks, Seriously. It looked like he was picking up... Um, a Ziploc bag. It was just seamless for, and, and when you look at the size differential, Dragon Lee's a bit stocky, but the height difference and all the muscle on Hudson, it's pretty stark just how easily he lifted him and slammed him for that, that it, spot. It, and it honestly but, reminded me of a video game, like, like, know, Ray, yeah, it, like Ray Mysterio powerbombing big show or something, you know? Oh yeah. And, and world tour back in the day, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. uh, I do like how that spot was just seamless into Waller's rolling stunner. And I, the whole time I was like, where's Waller? Where's Waller? And I was like, okay, there we go. There it is. Yeah. Uh, the one other thing I want to note about this match, and we can kind of touch on it going back earlier in the night, but I wonder how much of this match will or won't, rub, uh, will or won't take away the smugness that Duke Hudson showed tonight because he was the one that ate the pin. Now, I could also see his character being someone that explains it away as being a fatal four-way match. And if it was just a one-on-one match, he would have won and maybe challenging Waller to a match or something. But uh, he was very, very... I feel like the turn has been set in stone now that it's coming. And it's just a matter of when with how he acted tonight. Yeah, I, I so with Duke Hudson, I agree, especially where um, you know in that segment earlier where um, mm-hmm. Braun Breaker came out and and uh, ended up spearing Andre Chase. Like rather than helping Andre Chase, Duke Hudson grabbed the trophy and ran. You know, so it's just little things like that. I, I well, to I'm, me, the more the more heelish moments were actually in the locker room afterwards when he kept putting himself over while while saying, yeah. you know, t- th- uh, thanks for taking one for the team, uh, Doctor Chase or whatever. And yep. he's just sitting there talking about how he's got to be the first one to bring gold to chase you and everything. So uh, it's a, yeah, let's just, let's just see where this goes. This was something that I discussed months ago happening. And I think now yeah, they're finally going with it. So um, we'll, we'll see just how long or how quickly it takes for them for that turn to actually happen. But this might finally lead to the implosion or the, or if not implosion, but the dissolution of chase you. 
Which, if, yeah. if, if the three of them are going to go anywhere besides NXT, they need to move on from that. Oh, no, 100%. 100%. I mean, you know, the Chase U, the Chase U gimmick, I mean, it's it's gotten over more so than I think it probably should have. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, but yeah, once it comes to the main roster, yeah, I don't think that if that group goes up together, I, I think they're they're going to fall flat on the main roster. Well, I did say that the it seemed like their their gimmick travels a bit because stand and deliver crowd was really behind them, but that's also the most hardcore crowd coming out, right? So I, I guess the the big question will be outside of a big thing like that: does well, the, does the 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 passion travel with the crowd for them? What if you could have a career? where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also, every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week, covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say probably Battleground. I almost called it Roadblock because you wanted to call it Roadblock earlier yeah. uh, off, offline. Um, but I think we'll see at Battleground uh, here, uh, right here in Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, I will be I will be sitting ringside for that. No, not quite ringside. I, I'm about I, I get about I'm thinking about 10, 12 rows back. But um, but I will be there for Battleground. I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that. My first NXT show, I think, since 2016. So I'm uh, I'm very excited. Um, but I think that's going to be pretty telling for Chase U at Battleground. Um, as far as uh, Grayson Waller being the, you know, being being kind of the clear winner here tonight, I, I had a feeling it was going to be Grayson Waller myself. I like was giving it maybe like 70 percent, maybe even 80 percent Grayson Waller and like 20 percent Dragon Lee. But I, I gave Dragon Lee the 20 percent for the reasons that you outlined. Um, I felt like Grayson Waller was probably the, the most uh it made the most sense, um, you know, for for who was going to win. I, I could see maybe them giving the win to Duke Hudson with all of the pomp and circumstance he got tonight, but uh, that was like a tiny, tiny little sliver. Uh, you know, maybe like a five percent chance there. Um, just at least the thought I had. The uh, Grayson Waller, I agree with you. I think, and I mean, we keep saying this. We've said this a million times, you know, about him going up to main roster. Anybody going up to main roster? Hell, where's Cameron Grimes for Christ's sake? Um, but I mean, what else does he have left to do here? He's not going to beat Carmelo Hayes. And if he does, I'll be my brain's going to explode. Um, he's not going to beat Carmelo Hayes. What, what does he have left to do? I, I feel like it's he's going to be a good a good first uh, first opponent for Carmelo Hayes. And then he's got to move up. Um, uh, at least it makes the most sense to me. Um, yeah, I mean, Braun Breaker, I'm, I'm kind of surprised to even still see him hanging around down here, though. You know, I'm uh, I'm actually liking what he's doing with his new black attire. Since Did he's you know gone. he's a heel, Nate? I know he's a heel. He's wearing black, you know. Uh, so there we go. Um, apparently, I'm a heel. It's like all I wear, but whatever. Uh, all right. So let's uh, well, I think we've talked enough about the main event. We can probably talk about that some more uh, as as the night goes on. Um, let's uh, let me go over to. Actually, let me go to an email first here. Um, let me go to Kevin Catani's email. Salutations, gents. I hope this email finds you well. I enjoyed, enjoyed tonight's episode, but was this a taped episode? I thought Grizzly Young Vets got the release from the company. Well, so did Bruce. Um, and, and honestly, uh, I, I did too up until earlier this week. It looks like they did request a release, but it wasn't granted. Um, you both both Kelly and I saw something earlier in the week that uh, that, that kind of seem to seem to allude to that and obviously they were here on tv tonight um and they're not grizzled young vets they're the dyad kevin god anyway he says uh that said i loved seeing tank ledger and i think uh, good things are ahead of him if he keeps working hard i also love the main event and think that dragon lee stand nxt is going to be brief two thoughts have popped into my head from this episode how much of Braun breaker's heel run will we see in nxt or are they just repackaging him for the call-up and b I'm not even mad at Grayson Waller about getting the title shot, but I thought he was on the short list to be called up. Is this his final PLE in NXT? Thanks as always. Go VIP and listen to eight YB and bonus point office are now office hours are now over. Um, so I just want to read that because it's a lot of what we touched on here already. Um, we didn't really touch on, on tank ledger, but, uh, I'm with you there. We'll talk about him when we get to the match a little bit later. Um, and as far as like how much of bronze run we're going to see on NXT, I'm thinking we're probably going to see it, where they're, they didn't immediately call him up. I, I think we're going to see him get his kind of try and get his wings um, in NXT as a heel for maybe I'm going to say 
spitballing like three to six months um, and then maybe see a call up for him. But I, I think we're going to try. I think they're going to try and see what he can do as a heel down in NXT first. Um, that's at least kind of my gut. Um, any uh, anything on this uh, on this email, Bruce? I think it's kind of what Kelly was talking about last week while he thought Breaker would get called up as a or they would call him up and then make him a heel as his debut. Uh, it seems like they're going to do a test run, and I think the longest it'll take will be he debuts the Raw after SummerSlam. But there's a chance that it happens before, or they just hold him off. Um, he he needs more seasoning, <laughs> and maybe as a heel, like we we uh, last week it was all was it all three? No, it was Kelly and I, and we were more positive about this heel term because he was just so stale as a baby face. And this being a heel seems more in line with what he can do with his natural, uh, not to say he's an asshole, but he is a, athlete. he's abrasive. He's abrasive. He's, he's also a talented athlete who for a lot of people, those are the people that, made their lives miserable in junior high, high school, however you want to term middle school, uh, junior high. We had junior high up here and middle school, but I went to a junior high. So yeah. Um, what was the difference? Middle schools here were five, six or six, seven, eight. And junior highs were seven, eight, nine. Ah, okay. And then, right. so the districts that had junior highs had high school that were 10, 11, 12. All the districts that had middle schools were high school or it's nine, 10, 11, 12. That's weird here in new England, middle schools, five through eight. I think maybe it was five three. Right? It was it was six. It was something like that. Maybe it was five three. I don't yeah. know. It could have been, but basically, uh, that's anyway. Dumb. Yeah. So <laughs> I think with his also his uh his wrestling style, it's easier for him to wrestle as a heel than as a as a face. So with that being said, I think the longest will be Raw after SummerSlam. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good prediction. I think it's a good prediction, and it kind of fits into my three to five, three to six month time window too. So the, there we go. Um, all right, cool. We've got one other email. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, and so uh, with that, let's go over to the phone lines. Uh, I kind of think I remember this number, but I don't know. Area code four one zero. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the Reverend. I do this every week. Yeah, I do this good. every week. Good. Yeah, that's okay. You, you're getting used to it. That's fine. How y'all doing tonight? Not too bad. Not too bad. You know, it's funny. I can remember my friend's phone numbers from when I was a little kid, but I, I see yours every, like, just so it every week, and I can never remember. Anyway, Reverend Keith, how are we doing tonight, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I could see the Grayson Waller uh, victory coming. Um, he'll be a good first opponent, as Doc already alluded to, for Carmelo Hayes. And uh, I'm going to make a prediction, and this goes out to D underscore effect, who made me laugh that, that, that has a problem with me always being right. Well, that got you blocked, pal. But anyway, I'm going to say Carmelo is going to win this match, and um, I think Grayson Waller will be called up to the main. He's like a glorified Miz. I think we discussed this a few months back. No, and, the Miz uh, is a glorified Grayson Waller. Ooh, oh, okay. I knew it was somewhere along those lines. You're right. Grayson Waller's Miz, better did. than The Miz. I agree. I agree, Doc. I, I do agree. And I'd like to see Grayson Waller go up against Santos Escobar. Um, 
Uh, he's already wrestled Johnny Gargano. I'd like to see him wrestle Chad Gable, to be honest with you, and maybe Ricochet. I think those would be some good matches um, once he gets called up. Where, where, where do you think they would go with Grayson on the main roster? He's going to Raw for sure. Yeah, I think I, I think I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I think it depends on where they're going to want to slot him. And, and what they kind of have for him right off the bat. Like, personally, I feel like Grayson Waller is somebody that needs to come in and just immediately make an impact. Um, he's, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, I just used the word abrasive to describe Bron, Bron Breaker, but that's that's a great word to describe Grayson Waller. You know, he gets under your skin. You love to hate him. Um, I think if he was to debut on the main roster and make some sort of an impact, you know, I don't know if it's maybe... I was going to say maybe you know, like the IC title or something, but that's going third. So it's easy to heal. I, I don't really know off the top of my head, but he should attack the Miz during a Miz TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Something like that. You know, something and where we like can, the Grayson Waller in effect or the Grayson Waller effect next week or something like that. And or even just yeah. or even just take over the Miz right. TV segment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Actually, I love that. Do you remember when Hulk Hogan shocked the world and formed the New World Order? Or when Stone Cold Steve Austin passed down on the sharpshooter to Bret the Hitman Hart? I'm Torch contributor Frank Pettiani, and I've reviewed these shows and many more for my exclusive VIP podcast, Pro Wrestling Then and Now. Together with a rotating chair of co-hosts, we go back 10, 20, even 30 years, review pay-per-views from top to bottom, talk about where the wrestlers were at the time, and compare what took place then to what is taking place now. You get exclusive access to these and other podcasts as part of your PW Torch VIP membership, which is compatible with the Apple Podcasts app. Visit pwtorch.com slash govip for details and sign up for them. Um, Bruce, let me throw it to you then. Well, I definitely see him on Raw, and I'm not trying, again, every time I bring this up, I just want to reiterate, I'm not trying to disrespect the man. He's a two-time Grand Slam champion. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, uh, as much as that means to people. But that's that's his career is, is something a lot of people would, would take right now because of the success he's had and the money he's made. Like, from where the Miz started to where he is, to where he's gone and, and is now, even though he's not doing anything, he was still in marquee places during WrestleMania on both nights, right? As much as the Shaman Man that blew up. So what I just want to remember, remind everyone that I'm not trying to disrespect the Miz here, uh, but Waller, the thing with the Miz is his, his base was never great in terms of the athleticism needed to be a pro wrestler. Waller is different. He's a trained boxer. He has great footwork because of that. His, I think the footwork was underrated in pro wrestling. And when you watch Grayson Waller, that boxing footwork and the fluidity he has really comes into play. So the next time you watch Grayson Waller match, just, just take a look at, how he moves his feet and everything, and you can then you can see how j- just how smoothly he moves in the ring. It all comes down to his footwork, really. And because of, and I think on the mic they're comparable. Though I do think as a heel, Waller is better because at thus far he relies less and less on like the Miz catchphrases, the Miz idioms, all those things. He kind of is still his own character while making it seem more authentically heel than someone just trying to get the cheap heat. So, for me, I think his floor is going to be, you know, multi-time mid-card champion, right? 
I think he definitely is someone who can be a WWE slash Universal Champion, however they go about those titles. Uh, that No one thought the Miz would. He became a two-time champion. So with Waller, the, his ability to talk, his charisma, his ability to... The heat he drew when he entered tonight was only offset, I think, by the pop that... Um, who was it? Uh, uh, Dragon Lee got when he first entered. So... He's drawing. He's drawing the kind of heat that Dominic Mysterio is basically drawing, and he's doing NXT. He can do that on the main roster. He's going to be someone that's going to make a lot of money for himself and for the company. So, with that, you can't discount him being a top champion as well. No, I don't. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I think he's going to be. If, if Grayson Waller stays on the trajectory that he's been on in NXT, and he's been, and he's able to just continue to pump out the the, the level of promo that he's able to pump out here in NXT, I I, I agree with you 100. percent Agree with you 100. Um, percent Keith, let me throw it back to you. Yes. Moving forward, I would like to discuss the women's division. Now, it was. A- Interesting to note that when Cora Jade called out all the women and they were both baby faces and heels all the way from Zoe Stark to Indy Hartwell, he named six women, okay? She makes seven, and then the eighth one comes out. So that lets you know, yeah, there's too much competition for that one title. So, therefore, when they, when they had this uh, draft, in the upcoming weeks, probably right after backlash that week today, they should bring some of these women up because there's way too many women to be buying for one title. And then you got the, the women's tag team division, which is all about the boys' drama. So, um, you know, what are your thoughts on the direction of the women's title in NXT? Uh, so I, I, I think this is the first time in... God, probably a year and a half or so where I feel like the women's division is finally uh, like able to stand on its own again. Um, you know, th- there was a rebuilding period for quite some time after, you know, NXT 2.0 and, and the, the the class of women that we had, you know, I mean, Candice LeRae, you know, Shirai, you know, and, and, and everybody that we had. Uh, I mean, I guess when I first started doing the doing the podcast about three years ago, um, this is the first time I've I've really felt like the women's division is has kind of gotten back to that point. Maybe not exactly back to that point, but because I think that was that was a very special time in women's wrestling in, in NXT. But it's getting close. Um, you know, you've got so much talent down there. It's not. And the talents, it's completely a different talent pool and, and you know, different skills and abilities. Um, you know, it's not nearly in, in a way it's not nearly as polished as, as you know, the, the talent pool of old. But you've got a lot of very unique characters. You've got a lot of um, uh, a lot of talent that, that, you know, like you said, could could be vying for the, the top title there. Um, I, I I think this is, like I said, the best that we've seen, the best shape the women's division has been been in in, in quite some time. Um, I really liked this this promo segment from Cora Jade when she first debuted, and I, I remember you know all of us talking about it when she first debuted, and, and you know she's still babyface. Her promos were very rigid, um, and, and they didn't really seem like you know she seemed like she was reciting her lines and that she wasn't really. Um, you know, she wasn't really part of the character, I guess is, is kind of what I'm trying to say. Um, 
now this tonight i mean everything she said she said with conviction she didn't seem like she, you know she was hesitant uh, um or or you know trying to remember lines or anything like that i she went through this entire segment in my opinion anyway um and and really kind of made you made you believe what she was saying it, not you know I mean, she's not going to win an oscar or anything like that but compared to what she you know where she debuted i uh, I, I definitely got to give her some credit there um bruce let me throw it over to you at uh cora jade's uh cora jade segment here so i like this promo for the first three minutes and then the last five minutes it took way too long it just kept dragging and i think the most telling indictment of this segment is that when they zoomed in on her while she was being booed and told to shut the f up you could see the part of the crowd that wasn't saying anything just had their chins in their hand and they looked really really bored and if i was bored re- uh, recapping it they must have been really bored watching and listening to it because i understand the purpose i mean this happened recently if you watch drag race with lux noir london going down the line of everybody but this just took way too long. And just because of how long it took, Lara Valkyria got one of the biggest pops of the night when her music hit to interrupt because the crowd was like, oh, thank you. Finally, it's over. Um, so to, back to Key's question about the division, right? So, yes, you can do that. You can move some of them during the draft. My only thing is of the people she named, I would only be comfortable with Zoe Stark and Tiffany Stratton being moved right now um, or during the draft to Raw or SmackDown. I think every other woman, maybe Lara Valkyria is the other one, needs a bit more time to to develop the WWE style down there in NXT. Now, I also think it's conspicuous with the one woman that Corey Day did not mention. Do you know who that was, Nate? Um, off the top of my head, I don't. Do you know who it was, Reverend? Well, I don't think so. It was Mako Satomura. She did not name Mako, oh. and probably yeah, smart on right. her part not to name Mako because, uh, yeah, Cora Jade's not ready for that. So, look, Cora Jade, like you said, she had conviction. She worked through the chance. She didn't really give them the time to really make a difference with their what chance and, and the, the shut the F up things. She tried working straight through it, but it just took, took too long. It did set up stories with every single woman defeated Cora Jade. Although Valkyria makes sense because, as we've discussed before, the last time we saw Jade was that uh, number one contender's battle royal, where she spent so long trying to eliminate Valkyria even after being eliminated, and then it finally worked out for her. But they had that feud coming. Um, they've had that feud to come back to since then, and they even alluded to it last week when Jade was leaving the building. So they'll go there first, and then. What I would do, and you brought up the women's tag division, how it's just based around the Henley James and and Drake and Jensen, even though the champion right now are are Fire and Don. I mean, you could team a few of these women up to make a more formidable tag team division than what they have right now, because really, uh, I think Carter and Chance are probably going to get moved because we haven't seen them really. And then you have Don and Fire, and then Henley and James, and that's about it. So. If there's too many women to be competing for the women's t- uh, championship, the women's NXT championship, then I would try and pair some of them off to make a deeper women's NXT tag team division. Yeah, that's probably not a bad we idea. We forgot about uh, Ivy now. We forgot about Ivy now as well. Yeah, she just said, though, that in her promo earlier, she's done with Tatum, so now that she's going to help focus 
the Creed brothers, how I interpreted at least that she's going to help them get the titles and then go from there. So, uh, it, it seems like they're not, they don't have plans for Ivy to be involved in the, the big ones. And then, or at least at the top of the card yet for the women's, the women's division. And they might look to put her in another tag team, but we'll see. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter, paper copy edition in the year 2022. You can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Okay. Um, now, my third and final point of the evening, uh, Carmelo Hayes looked real comfortable, confident. He's settling into his role as NXT men's champion. He looked good. He always sounds good. Um, I think that the fans slowly but surely will get behind he and Trick as baby faces. I know we discussed this last week. Um, tonight was a, was a true test. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to his match with Grayson Waller because I think that'll be uh, maybe a three-and-a-half or four-star match. But um, uh, um, moving forward from Carmelo, the Dragon League saga that, that you guys discussed earlier, if I'm booking this show, okay, I would have Dragon League take the title off of Wes Lee and then let him hold that belt for maybe six months, then uh, uh, traject towards the heavyweight title because we all we all know dragon lee is a proven commodity a proven winner he's won titles all around the world i would start him off with the with the mid title and then have him be elevated what are your thoughts on him perhaps capturing the north american title gentlemen and thank you so much god bless you have a good week all right, Keith, thank you very much as always, my friend. Uh, always, always good to hear from you. Um, so I'd, uh, I'd totally be down for something like that. I mean, I personally, I, I love the North American title. It's my favorite. Like I'm a, I'm a belt guy. So like that's, that's my favorite belt in NXT. Um, so I'd love to just see him have the belt because I think it'd be cool to see him hold that physical belt. But I think it's also a great place to start i mean right now carmelo hayes with his uh, his nxt title reign it, it's fledgling it's brand new we want to see him have a strong reign but we also want to see dragon lee get elevated um i could i could certainly see him you know having some sort of a north you know having a north american title reign um and you could do it with wesley too because i don't i don't necessarily think there's any shame in uh, Wesley losing to Dragon Lee. I mean, you have some sort of a, you know, you have a match where they both respect one another. Um, you know, you build a face versus face match. And I, and I think those two could pull it off pretty well. Um, and then you have Dragon Lee go over and, you know, Wesley admits you know, he was the better man. Um, and, you know, Wesley goes on to do something else. I don't necessarily think that's going to involve like the main event 
uh, title scene for Wesley. I I, I kind of think he. I hate to say he might be at a ceiling, but I mean he he may be at a ceiling. Um, but you know Wesley has had a pretty lengthy title reign. One thing that I do that just came to mind actually is, and they mentioned this tonight is that he's coming up on a record number of North American title defenses. So knowing the WWE and how much they like records, they may want to have Wesley hit that record before taking the title off of him. So if that's the case, you know, it may still be like a month or two before, um, or maybe a little bit longer, even before we, you know, before we were able to actually get there and, and, and move the title to dragon Lee. But, um, but still, like I, I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think it would definitely give Dragon Lee that, um, you know, that little shine, um, and and kind of to anybody that that doesn't, you know, know Dragon Lee's body of work, and and as you know, as, as uh, Reverend Keith said, his, he's not, uh, or he is a proven commodity. Um, you know, kind of reinforce that, um, you know, with with the audience that he is a proven commodity. He has the North American title. You know, that was once the A championship, if you recall. Um, so, you know, why not? And then eventually, you know, move on to uh, the North Amer- or move on to the NXT title picture um, you know, a little bit down the line. Um, Bruce, let me throw to you. Yeah, I actually mentioned this earlier about the Lidley lineage for the, the North American Championship. You did, actually, yeah, you did. You did, because you said you Lidley lineage and your two sons. That's right. And then I looked up My their age. Sons. Then I looked up their age just to see how old of, you, know, you were <laughs> when uh, you were a father. And I was like, oh, damn. Hey, it's a matter of it's a matter of perspective and soul, Nate. Okay. <laughs> um, so my two sons, I did mention this earlier. The thing with Wesley, too, is. I'm not sure if he's reached his ceiling because he does have one long-standing feud with someone and their manager in this in this promo, in NXT still, and that's Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. If you go back to their feud uh, going into Wesley winning the North American Championship, so yeah, that's true. You could even take the title off off of Wesley with Dragon Lee and have Wesley come back and be like, I may have lost that title, but remember when you lost the other title? Who was the man who beat you? It was me. So technically, the last person to beat you clean was me, and you could just kind of go from there, right? Um, it's pro wrestling, so anything like that can definitely be legitimate, right? Um, but yeah, I think if you go from Lee to Lee, and from Hayes to Lee to Lee, you really put over the fact that... And I think, didn't Hayes win it from Roderick Strong in that unification match? Yes, yep. So, and he's also a former North American champion in general, and I can't remember if Strong was cruiserweight champion at the time, or if Hayes was whatever the two words, but still, you look at that lineage. You go strong, from, strong was the cruiserweight, yeah. Okay, so, so even if you go, like, you think about Strong, though, he was beforehand, so you go down the list, and then you make Dragon Lee the next title holder, it, you really put over the fact that this is kind of the workhorse title for the men in NXT, what, what the Intercontinental title used to be before Gunther got it, right? Got it back. So, uh, well, used to be back in the day, like in the 90s, <laughs> and now Gunther's kind of retaking that mantle. But uh, it's a perfect way for Dragon Leagues. You know, I said win some feuds, maybe go lead to lead. And if you go lead to lead, then you have him win some more feuds. You can go title for title, or you can have him drop it in a multi-person match and come after Hayes. There are plenty of ways you can do this, uh, all of which elevate both of my sons and leaves one of them to challenge Hayes and be the one to take it off Hayes eventually, which might not happen until Sanders deliver next year. Now, is Keith Lee also one of your sons, or is he like your dad? He's like my cousin. Okay. All right. Okay. I just, I was yeah. curious. I was curious. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. So, okay, cool. So, uh, let's, uh, let's go to our last email here. Um, this is from, uh, and I, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. I believe, I believe is actually first name emailer, Azan White. Um, so Azan says, one, it's funny how WWE has gotten more out of Damon Kemp while they failed to get his brother off the ground after making him such a big deal. Uh, two, what do you think about Booker T at the broadcast table? Lately, I'll notice that he's gone on weird rants during the show. Three, is Brooks, Jensen, and Keanu James saga the most underrated story in wrestling right now? From Azan in St. Louis. Have a good one. So That last line almost makes you want to not answer the email. <laughs> I know. Um, so I, I, you know, not, I don't want to, I don't want to put anybody's point of view down because I mean, Hey, wrestling, you know, wrestling's uh, subjective and for everybody, but, um, as the, the Jensen and, and, and James seg, uh, saga, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the most underrated story in wrestling. It's definitely gotten, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but however, it's, I think it has more legs on it or legs under it rather than I thought it was going to. I'm, I'm sick of it. Like I'm ready for it to be done, but it, I think it actually got more of a response out of a crowd and was able to invoke some emotions out of the audience that, and even out of myself that I don't think that that saga, I keep saying saga, but that, that, uh, that story would have, would have, um, when I, you know, it first happened. So, I'll, you know, I'll give him, I'll give him at least a little bit there that it's, uh, um, it might be better than, than we expected it to be. But, um, I don't know if I would necessarily call it the most underrated story in wrestling right now. Um, Booker T at the broadcast table. Oh, Booker has been going on for, on weird rants for a long time. It, it's not a lately thing. Um, Booker, Booker's, uh, he's certainly something at the broadcast table. That's, that's for sure. Um, He's growing on me a little bit. I, I kind of don't hate him as much on the broadcast uh, uh, broadcast booth as I did when he first joined NXT. But I don't know if maybe I'm just getting used to it or what. Um, and is yeah, it's, uh, with, with uh, you know, Damon Kemp and, and his brother, like it uh, from um, and Gable Stevenson. I was blanking on his name for a minute. Um, with with Gable Stevenson, I mean, from everything I've been you know, I've been hearing and reading, it's just he's just not there. Um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, especially where they made such a big deal out of him. Where Damon Kemp has more of the the natural ability, I, I, it kind of sucks that you know he's Damon Kemp in NXT, uh, and, and they haven't made more of a deal, a big, you know, a, a more of a, uh, a, a kind of a deal about him because uh, you know I don't I feel like it, like Stevenson has. A bit more charisma than than Kemp in some ways, um, but uh, Kemp also, I think he's also starting to come into his own, especially with this heel character. So he could certainly prove me wrong. You don't have to wait for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show to find out what I thought of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each week. You can check out my reports that are updated live throughout Raw and SmackDown at pwtorch.com. My written report will tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show, and it'll also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at pwtorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at pwtorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. 
And of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, pwtorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports. Uh, Bruce, let me uh, throw to you on the email. I'll hit Kemp first because uh, you, you touched on that most recently, and, and Stevenson. I think also with Stevenson, aside from the uh, legal issues, I think he's had a neck injuries that he's been dealing with. What and was that's one? What were the legal issues? I'm, I'm not familiar with that off the top of my head. Uh, he was accused of rape while at Minnesota. Oh, oh, rape or sexual assault, one of the two. Um, Okay, that might be why they're keeping him off TV. Well, they signed him even after all that was... was oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah. wow. I'm surprised that flew under my radar then. Okay. Yeah, well, the, it, that, there's a reason for that. It's because people tried to keep it under the radar for a bit, but there was that. I'm per, I'm fairly certain that's what it was. I need to... I'm going to double check, but I'm fairly certain that that's what it was. But I'm pretty sure also he's been dealing with neck injuries. And because of his neck injuries, he also hasn't been able to, to do much training. Okay. You know, um, wrestlers do have strong necks, but they also do a lot of stuff on those necks. So having a neck injury that's hurting you right now is is not is not surprising. Yeah, don't and do what Kemp, Kurt Angle did, kids. <laughs> yeah, and Kemp being, you know, he once he turned heel, we saw a lot more of his abilities come out. He was always a fine wrestler in the ring. There just wasn't much personality behind it. But once he turned heel, then we saw some of that. And I think showing him tonight, observing the match, and reminding us that he's there was a good thing for them to do because you're going to have to reintroduce him sometime. And if it's not directly going for a title, then he needs to have some mid-card feuds that either bring him up the card into a title feud or show him as just a mid-card gatekeeper. There, there needs to be something more done with him. And I think this is where they're going to show it because his look was a bit different, his hair, his attire, all that. So um, we'll see. Now, when it comes to the Henley James, all that stuff, I think you should have really qualified your statement. All right. And I'm not trying to, to uh, bash on the emailer. I think just to get a sense of maybe you being in the minority, is go back, watch this match, and listen to the crowd the entire match. They did not make a single reaction until Brooks Jensen came down and tried to use the bag and was thrown out. Yeah. All the all the hot tags, all those moments, not a single reaction. Nothing. The crowd was quiet the entire time until the very end. So it's not just us on this pod that have been sick of this story for about the last month or so. It's the people in the crowd that they've been catering to every week. They're done with this. They made no reactions to James when she came in on fire and took it to fire and Don. Wow, that was that was a, a bit redundant. Uh, when she took it to the opponents, and they maintained that apathy until Jensen tried to use the bag and was thrown out. So I, I think while you may like it, and there are parts of things that everyone likes and don't like, I do think you're in the minority because the crowd there, who's usually behind a lot of things, was apathetic. Yeah, you know it. It it's a sidebar. It's total. But I I was telling telling Bruce and Kelly offline when I first started NXT tonight. Apparently, the last thing I watched on it uh, on YouTube TV, I was watching at 1.25 speed. So I started watching this match, 
And I'm like, wow, everybody's really laying it in tonight. Like they're, they're moving. And then I realized, I'm like, oh yeah, they're moving fast. Cause I'm watching it fast. And then if, once I, once I slowed it down, uh, I basically saw exactly what you saw. I mean, even, even when I had it sped up, I mean, the, the, the crowd was dead. Um, the biggest pop was, was when Jensen came out and, you know, tried to use the bag and, and push, push down, um, Briggs. So, you know, yeah, I think you're kind of right on the money there, right on the money. All right, Thank let's. You. I like being right. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? You know, I'll I'll certainly let you know when I when I think <laughs> you're right. Um. All right. So let's uh let's see what else we got here. Let's talk about uh man. We talked about the main event. Let's talk about Joe Coffey and Tank Ledger because we did uh we did have a uh, Kevin actually mentioned Tank Ledger earlier tonight. Um. So again, we saw Coffey versus Ledger. Uh, this was Tank Ledger's debut match. I don't know if he's had a match on Level Up. I, uh, well, actually, he must have because I looked up, I looked him up on Cage Match to see if uh, he was an indie guy or you know, if he's had any other matches. It's, he's he's brand new, and it did say he had something like six matches, so he might have been on Level Up or, or, or you know Dark Match here and there or something like that. But his debut on NXT TV here tonight um, had a pretty decent match with Joe Coffey. Um, I, I I was actually pretty impressed with what I saw. I I. I uh, I don't remember seeing anything that made me think, okay, he needs some more work. Um, you know, he, he definitely punches. What's that? His punches. Okay. Fair, fair. I'll, I'll give you that. I will give you that. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I was actually pretty impressed with the guy. Um, you know, both Bruce and I made some comparisons to Joe, Joe coffee. I thought like their styles were similar, um, you know, and, and you know, Bruce, uh, Bruce. And, and I also thought he kind of looked like Joe coffee, He's uh, Bruce also you know, agree with me there with the 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 uh, uh, appearance, um, especially kind of like uh, the way Joe Coffey looked back in the day. Um, yeah. And then um, after this match, we uh, you know, schism comes out. We basically see a huge brawl between schism and, and uh, Gallus. Um, and I don't know if Ledger was actually involved in that brawl at all. There, there was all these officials the and everything. The Creed Brothers, they were in there, too. They came out, too. Thank you. Um, I knew there were other people in there that I didn't write down. Um, so, yeah, uh, let me uh, let me throw it over to you. What did you think about uh, Ledger's debut? Well, the the my thought that Joe Coffey has slimmed down a bit since he's uh, during his hiatus was confirmed when he came out in his ring gear because he looked a little more like Tank Ledger. Uh, does now a little more stocky, but he definitely has a slimmer waist. Kind of like when Gunther went from being a bit more pudgy to, to slimming down and having abs. Not that drastic yet, but he, he's getting there. You can actually see his abs. So this for his first match back, I think they chose someone who was a good option in, in multiple ways. Like you, you want coffee to win, you know he's gonna win. That's fine in this kind of match. But it's also someone that can uh, that he can lay into with his offense and who can take it and make it look realistic and then uh, dish it back what he needed to. Let, you said it was a decent match. That's about as far as I'll go. Ledger looked fine for his first televised NXT match. The His punches definitely need some work. And I think, like we see with a lot of um, newcomers in NXT, because it's really their first time they're getting used to it, he catered to the crowd a bit too much, I think, because of the adrenaline rushing. Um, and I feel like better efficient he could have made more efficient use of his uh tv and ring time by working the offense and instead of trying to get the crowd with some taunts and, and some poses or just some you know like oh, all that stuff uh 
he I, I do see their potential or I, I see what they see in him obviously a big body he could work he could he could be there to to take offense land some hard hitting offense uh, my my big question is though tank ledger hank walker is there going to be like a bank something else like what are all these ink and er names coming into nxt for with these random white dudes so that aside um it seems yeah. like they might they might put hank and tank into a tag team up oh, there there's your name oh there hank it is tank. there it is hank and tank. Yep. yeah um and maybe with tank on his side he can go after gulak and dempsey maybe they thwart dempsey next week or they they get gulak away from the ring next week during the match with wesley something um but I feel like with that backstage interaction they had, it's going to lead to a tag team between the two. Basically, the most recent uh, developmental folk. You could take Dragon Lee out of that, right? But people to kind of train at the PC and come up. And it was notable, I think, that they pointed out that Tank Ledger is the first person to sign an NIL deal, the name and name, image, and likeness deal with WWE. On that note, it should be no, it should be uh, highlighted that the Cavendish, the Cavender, Haley Cavender twins. Uh, they decided to opt out of their final years, final year of basketball at the University of Miami. They also signed an NIL deal with the WWE. They have a lot of other things too, though. So keep an eye on them because they might make their way over to WWE as well. And the place they would go, of course, would be NXT. So uh, NIL stuff going around. First person to sign an NIL deal is already on TV. So I guess that's... Um, if you're thinking about signing with WWE, that's kind of a a, a note in the positive side because they got him ready and, and working within a year, maybe. So yeah, that that's that's good for them and good for him. Support us on Patreon starting at four dollars and ninety nine cents. Get these shows ad free and bonus VIP content. That's four dollars and ninety nine cents on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash PWTorchVIP. That's Patreon.com/slash PW Torch VIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. All right, let's go to Dragonoff versus Von Wagner. Um, so I, I honestly don't remember if there was any sort of a back build or anything to this particular match or if this was there just was. like there was what Last was week, it wagner interrupted Dragonoff's promo and challenged him to a match and mr sounds like what are you doing you can't oh, go, yeah. go challenging the mad dragon and then said if you lose next week then we're done okay cool because i was trying to figure it out and i meant to go back through my notes from last week and i completely forgot so thank you um Cool. So we we saw we saw the we saw that match from uh, that that was called out from last week uh, here tonight. Uh, Ilya Dragunov versus Von Wagner, um, and we did see Ilya Dragunov pick up the win. Um, Wagner, uh, Mr. Stone, did not look pleased whatsoever with Wagner after the match. Um, this was, uh, I mean. Ilya Dragunov is incapable of having a bad match, so this certainly wasn't a bad match. I think it may have been one of Von Wagner's better matches. I just have absolutely no interest in seeing Von Wagner at this point. Um, I, they, they, I feel like they're just they're hot and cold on him. They start, they stop, they start, they stop. They, they, 
I don't know who he is and what he's about. And and I mean, hell, even Mr. Stone said that. So I guess they know who that. is Von Wagner. Yeah. Who is Von Wagner? Right. So, you know, I guess they know that. And hopefully, you know, this losing streak that he's on and, and everything is is kind of there's some sort of a rebirth for Von Wagner here because man, I, I just don't care. I do not care about Von Wagner. And like, I hate, I hate to say that. Cause I mean, like I kind of like, uh, I can't, why can't I think of the dude's name, his actual name? I like him. Cal Bloom. Cal Bloom. Thank you. Like I get, you no, know, I like Cal Bloom, but like Von Wagner, I, I don't like the character. So eh, I don't know. Um, I don't really know where 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 they're gonna go with it from here, but um, I, I really hope it is some sort of a rebirth for him that is actually uh, going to equate to like because I, I feel like what, what they want for Von Wagner is what Dijak is now, and so how can he be that if there is somebody that's doing it better, you know? Um, so that's that's I don't know. That's kind of at least my thought process. Let me uh, find out what yours is. Yeah, we'll we'll get to Dijak later. Um, I just don't care. We can move on. I it's love Von it. Wagner, man. It's like, what else do you want me to say? Uh, yeah, no, I know. Oh, I know. I guess I'll add this. Kelly and I thought that maybe with Braun Breaker's heel turn, Mister Stone could be his manager after all this, and. I think you can use that to draw even more heat to Braun, where, one, I think him not talking would help. <laughs> we'll get to when we get Actually, to the MVP segment. But yeah. He, he, he'll talk and then suddenly just start yelling the last couple of words. So maybe having Mr. Stone as his manager and talking for him wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, give him more like a Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman type presentation. Mm-hmm. You know, like not exactly that because you don't want to replicate it. But, but use that model. But use that model. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I, I don't hate that. You guys must have talked about that on the roundtable. I wasn't. Uh, I no, was no, on. it was last week when you weren't on. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I wasn't on last week. Yeah, OK. Um, but, um, yeah, I, that 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 makes sense. That makes sense. I like that idea, um, Mr. Stone, because it, it he's he's it would finally be his first like major signing, you know, that's not a failure. So, uh, I kind of like that idea. Actually I do. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's move on here. Um, what else we got? We got Tiffany Stratton versus Sol Ruka, um, earlier in the night, Sol Ruka. And, um, I, I actually, I didn't write it down. Who was it that she was with? Danny Palmer, the, Danny new, Palmer. the person they said is debuting soon. Last okay. Week. Yep. Yeah. So they were uh, they were out in the parking lot making TikToks, and uh, apparently the parking lot is owned by Tiffany Stratton. Um, which, is, if that's the case, Tiffany, you really get to get some better security. I'm just saying. Uh, she was pissed that they were making TikToks in you know uh, and didn't ask for her permission. Uh, okay, that's fine. Um, so that turned into a match. Uh, that's the backstory for that. Um, this was actually, this was a really good match. Honestly, as far as I'm concerned, anyway, I liked the fact that both of them have very similar styles, very athletic, the gymnastics backgrounds. Um, and they, they showcased that here tonight. Um, you know, they, they, uh, you did a, um, you know, they had, you know, a spot they, where they both kind of you know, ran the ropes and then, you know, it looked like one was going to try and flip into the other, but they both flipped past one another. It was, it was, they did a, it was cool. It was flashy. It was interesting. Um, 
and it's not something that we see a lot out of uh at least that particular style out of out of the women anyway in NXT. So I I personally liked it and I think this is also going to try and help it's going to elevate Sol Ruka. Sol Ruka is a star and she's kind of you know, she's she's viral on the internet. Um and I think she's the company also I think sees something in her. Uh but yeah, you know, her her a uh, real NXT journey hasn't started yet. You know, she's been introduced as a character, but you know, she hasn't really had any any major story. I feel like this with Tiffany Stratton might be that first story for her and putting her with somebody like Stratton who has I mean come to be probably one of my favorite characters on NXT right now. Um she is uh, I, I feel like she's somebody that that is going to be able to get Sol Ruka over. They, they're the two uh, the two gimmicks are, are polar opposites, um, and I, I I feel like Stratton's going to be able to kind of um, be that super annoying mean girl, if you will. Um, that's uh, going to essentially kind of like take Sol Ruka and 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 make her. Uh, um, I don't know. What I'm trying to say try. Uh, piss her off i guess to kind of try and overcome the mean girl i that's i guess what i'm trying to say um long story short i like what we saw here tonight i like the i like the feud if this is the direction they're gonna go searching for more great pro wrestling talk then join me jason powell host of the free weekly pro wrestling boom podcast each week you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at prowrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at pwboom.com. Once again, that's pwboom.com. Um, and I will throw to Bruce. I would argue that Ruka's first story was with Zoe Stark, but... Uh, all right, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. And then this is a matchup that we're going to see for years and years on WWE TV. I I will note what I wrote was that it didn't seem like there were spots that weren't as smooth as you'd expect, but not in the sense that, oh, they missed a choreographed spot. It was more like it didn't look smooth because they were kind of trying to fight each other um, to a certain extent, which when using gymnastics and stuff doesn't sound as believable is what i just said but that's how it looked to me and i think ruka has a little more fluidity to her movements than stratton but i think stratton hers works better for right now as it stands for pro wrestling because i think ruka's is still a bit too mm, sometimes i feel like it's a little too light for the offense to be a little believable to me but she's getting there And, you know, the thing about this match is it really showed us the pecking order and what what they think of these two right now, because you're definitely going to have Stratton go over. But what they did in the Sol Sol Ruka, or the Zoe Stark feud, was they had Stark beat Ruka, then Ruka got her first victory and then lost the rubber match. They could be doing that here, or they could just be using Ruka as a stepping stone for Stratton, because when it comes down to you know, top challengers right now in the women's division, you have to put her right at the top for Indy Hartwell. And because of that, I'm not sure how 
much longer you want her to be in a feud that doesn't involve the title. So uh, I think it was interesting that they kept Indy off of the show, even though they talked about her many times. And so that's one of those ways that you can give your, your title holders a break while also making sure that the fans remember who they are and what they did. Let's go to uh, Big Body Javi versus Eddie Thorpe. <laughs> so uh, this is Eddie Thorpe's debut match here in NXT. He's had a couple matches, I believe, on uh, on Level Up so far. He had one more match on NXT before this. It was against Miles Bourne. Oh, yeah. Oh, my brain is just my brain's working on like less energy than normal. So forgive me. But you're right. You're absolutely right. Um but uh, we saw him absolutely wipe the floor with uh, Big Body Javi here tonight. Um, and then we, we talked a little bit about this earlier where Damon Kemp came out and, and kind of uh, he stood on the ramp to watch the match and st- uh, stared uh, stared Eddie Thorpe down after the match is over. It looks like that's probably the, the next feud we're going to see for the two of them. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as the match goes, not really a whole lot to say. It was, you know, Big Body Javi squash match. Um but uh, yeah, I, I like I like what we've seen so far out of this character, out of the gimmick, um, and I I feel like him and Damon Kemp are probably gonna beat the shit out of one another. So I'm here for it, Bruce. Yeah, well, Big Body Javi definitely is good at his what he does, what his character is supposed to be. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, so kudos to him because. There are, look, I, we all get into things because we want to be at the top and be the best, but sometimes you just got to find your niche. And if this is your niche, it means you're still going to be on TV. You still get mic time and oh, yeah. you still get paid. If, um, you, get, if so, you can be Al Snow, be Al Snow. Well, and you can still make your holiday albums with Big Body Hobby. So, exactly. You know, it, it's why, why not have that? Um, on a more serious note, when it comes to Eddie Thorpe, I said last week I would use. Eddie Thorpe as someone to answer a Wesley Open challenge. Use that match with Wes to get the fans more acquainted with his style because while we've seen him with Miles Bourne, while we've seen him tonight with Big Body Hobby, we haven't seen him in an extended match, right? Both of those matches are kind of short. I think both are sub five minutes. Really hard to get a lay of the wrestler when you only get five minutes per match, so or less than five minutes per match. Putting him in with Lee, give him like 15 minutes on a TV main event or even just a, a mid uh, uh, top of the hour main event and really use that time to get over just what they see in Eddie Thorpe. I liked him when he was in New Japan. I don't see myself not liking him moving forward. He has a style I like. Um, he has, uh, from what I can tell, the character might can lean toward the stereotypical, but from what I see right now, it's more of his sense of self and identity. So that's good. Um, I think he's someone that can really make a, a splash in NXT if they give him the chance and they book him into these. He doesn't have to win all, all, all the feuds right away, but if you book him in these matches and make him competitive, make him look good, then you start planting the seed that this is someone you need to watch out for. And I think that is a better option than, than kind of just having him middling in these you know what amount to to enhance the matches, but again, it's just the lack of time. We're not. It's not just that we're not going to get to see a lot of him, but 
can he work those matches in WWE and NXT that are longer and keep up the pace, keep up the storytelling, keep up the psychology, because it's much different than New Japan. So it's just, those are the things that I want to see, and which is why I think having him go into the go into an open challenge sooner rather than later would be the right option here. Though, uh, a feud with Damon Kemp sounds like fun to me. Indeed. Indeed. All right. So uh, our opening match tonight, uh, actually, we already talked about was James Henley versus Don Fire. Um, so, yeah, we actually we talked about that earlier uh, um, I oh, think with the uh, with the Reverend. Make one note of that match at the very sure. end after the fire and Don hit their finisher. Fire was grabbing the back of her head after hitting the senton and Don had to drag her onto the cover. And after that, fire was still holding the back of her head. And when they tried to stand, she looked really woozy. So. Look Ooh. out for any reports about her being possibly injured on that, or if it was just um, really good selling, a momentary thing. Or I, I don't know. She 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 had to be dragged. It, they were in control, and she landed her her swanton off the top when Don held her in the code breaker. Keanu James in the code breaker. So or Fallon Henley in the code breaker, or the backstabber. What am I talking? The backstabber. So I, I think she landed wrong, and so just keep an eye on that. Yeah. All right. No. Definitely. Good, good gig. I, 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 I didn't pick up on that. So yeah, good call. Um, all right, cool. So uh, those are the matches for tonight. So let's, uh, let's touch on some of the other things that happened on the show. Um, so uh, we, let's see. So uh, we talked about that. We had a, we had a vignette for Noah, Noam Dar um, when uh, in the heritage cup, I'm pretty excited for that. Cause I actually have never watched um, any of the, like any of the, the heritage cup, like tournaments or anything like that. So I'm, I'm actually kind of excited to see that, uh, that come to NXT. Uh, we had the chase U MVP award ceremony. We, we did touch on that a little bit, but um, the chase U and uh, was honoring Duke Hudson for being the MVP at, uh, at stand and deliver. Um, and then Braun breaker came out and uh, he was all dressed in black. So, you know, he's a heel guys, you know, he's a heel. Um, he, uh, you know, he, he interrupted because he wanted to talk about the fatal four way happening later on in the night. But, you know, I don't know. He probably could have just done that in the opening segment when everybody came out. Oh, actually, I did mention that the opening. So I'll talk about that in a second. But he could have just come out in the opening segment where uh, everybody else came out. Um, so the opening segment, uh, Carmelo, Carmelo Hayes and Trick, uh, Trick Williams, they came out to address the crowd and, and Braun Breaker, um, you know, basically say, you know, the uh, kind of address the heel heel turn from last week. Uh, he basically said that Braun Breaker was going to be the, the fourth person in the fatal four way tonight to uh, for the number one contendership. Um, then we saw Dragon Lee come out and uh, say he's going to win. And, and then we saw J.D. come out. J.D. and McDonough come out and say he's going to win. And, and then, of course, we see Grace Waller come out and say he's going to win in, in typical WWE fashion there. Um, let's see. We also had uh, – I'll, throw, I'll say, throw one more thing into this as well. We also had a vignette for Gigi Dolan. I personally loved this vignette, and I think this is the most character development that we've seen for Gigi Dolan Um in one tiny little vignette, uh, I, I loved it. We basically touched. Uh, she was standing outside of an abandoned home, um, you know, kind of uh, you know, dilapidated. In, in I don't know if it was in the woods, but it was definitely surrounded by trees. Um, you know, boarded up, graffitied, and she, she revealed it was the house she grew up in, and talked about her, you know, um, her, her um, uh, troubled upbringing. 
um, and you know the fact her her parents didn't really care for them and uh you know things like that i i like the way it was presented i liked the way it was shot and i feel like this humanized Gigi dolan a little bit as well um and it's kind of make her a little bit more relatable obviously they're they're trying to push her as a yes you know, i think is the top face in nxt so uh, i i i think this was a good direction to kind of uh humanize her and, and uh um, you get her uh, over a little bit more with uh, with the audience. So on those segments, we had the Carmelo Hayes, um, we had so, uh, the Noam Noam Darvin yet uh, Chase University MVP segment, and then Gigi Dolan. Uh, I don't think we need to talk about the the opening segment very much. That all came to a head in the main event. Noam yeah. Dar's vignette, he just looked like a frat boy, a frat bro, and that's probably what he's going for anyway uh just the cocky smarmy attitude that we come to associate with frat boys um chase you segment so you brought this up earlier and i mentioned that in the locker room after is where it seemed to be a little more of an indication of of hudson going heel but or at least turning on chase you which i guess would make him heel but what was notable here is even as he was saying all those arrogant things in the ring, I think one chase was kind of giving him a, a pass because of saving chase you by turning on schism at, or doing the double turn within the match that lasted about 10 seconds and and saving chase you. But Thea Hale was just jumping all over the place, excited. It just felt like none of the words were hitting her because I felt the oil on my skin from what Duke Hudson was saying. You know, it just was very greasy. And that came, it, it was even more so in the, in the locker room afterwards. Um, it, she's just a bit oblivious, which I'm not sure is what you want her character to be. You can still have the passion and all that without her being oblivious. Uh, and then I, I think the, it's, I think it's to get, just to get over the night and like how naive she is though. Like, I'm, I'm, I was actually kind of, I kind of liked that, honestly. Okay. Um, but, yeah. And then the Dolan thing. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I was like, damn her and her and her brother look exactly alike. And if they're not twins, then it's, that's really, yeah. really interesting. But, uh, I also, you know, I always use the word relatable. You need to make characters relatable for people to not only, want to get behind them but even if they're heels to to understand their motives and who they are right and so here a lot of people have gone through neglectful childhoods childhoods they wish they didn't have have strained relationships with their parents if they even have relationships with their parents so and how she delivered the lines i think is also needing to be addressed because she delivered them um it didn't sound like she was reading from a script it sounded like she was speaking from her own experiences and that made it even more relatable. And I wrote in my report that what they've done is make her somebody that the fans want to get behind, which is the which is what they've been trying to do with her. So, you know, one of the lines, I think that the line of the night was her saying, I'm a human and I want to be loved just like everybody else. And I, I think that line, I think that is more relatable than anything else anyone has ever said in a wrestling promo. Right. If you anyone who I mean, I guess if you're a sociopath, you don't understand emotions. Right. But um humans in general right what you want you just want to be loved and be safe and 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 all that and basically that's what she would be 
you know, she said she just wants to be loved, but also that promo was, or that vignette was getting that she wanted to be safe. She wanted to feel comfortable. She wanted to feel secure. And JC Jane is trying to take that away from her. So she all tied it back to what's been going on uh, in NXT. So I think this was a really well done vignette. And I'm excited to see how uh, Gigi Dolan then, her how her character shifts after this because i think going into stand and deliver still it was a bit of the residual writing off the high of the the breakup with jc jane now we're seeing character development so really intrigued at where this goes and just how you know she was always the one in toxic attraction that drew the most cheers i wonder if with what they're doing with her if it's enough for her to become women's champion before she leaves nxt I, I think it's possible. I definitely think it's possible. I, I don't think it's a definite. It worked for Indy. Yeah, but I, I think it's possible. Yeah. 100%. It yeah. worked for him. Yeah. Yeah. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. And, you know, and, and to kind of go back a little bit, you know, one of the things you said, you know, was she, was, she was talking about her hardships and, you know, it really sounded like it was coming from the heart and, and you know, it was her own experiences. So she she obviously knows what it's like to not be safe and, and not, um, okay. you know, not have uh, have not be loved, loved, not be loved and, and all of that. So everything that J.C. Jane's trying to do to, um, you know, make it so you kind of throw her off her game she's basically saying i live it i experience it you basically like bane i was born in the dark you know and and i i really liked that it was kind of you know it was it was it wasn't said but there was certainly something that you can infer from it and uh i i think that also kind of made the promo a bit stronger i i, I think that was one of my favorite vignettes probably i'm gonna say of 2023 at least um i i, I really like the way they presented that that Gigi yeah, it was basically that. no matter what you do you can't do anything to me that's worse than what i've already been through kind of thing well, what, I, I don't think i could have said it better myself i that perfect yep perfect um all right cool so then uh we saw uh nxt anonymous um the, uh, the 2023 edition of GTV saw D'Angelo and Stax kidnap Kit Wilson. Uh, and then a little bit later on, Kit Wilson wasn't kidnapped and attacked <laughs> Stax, <laughs> attacked Stax and D'Angelo uh, with, with Elton Prince um, while they were talking to Roxanne Perez, trying to become her enforcers, um, which was weird. Uh, Zoe Stark also came into that, uh, that, that, uh, um, uh, segment as well to to talk to uh, to Roxanne Perez. Um, I I I like the interaction between Stark and Perez. One of the things that you know, they they are kind of addressing is you know um, you know the reason that uh, she she is in Roxanne Perez. Um, you couldn't compete and was out for a little while uh, while she was still NXT champion was due to anxiety. And I like the fact that they're actually just 
they're, they're talking about that. And, you know, I, some people might look at that and be like, oh, that's weak or, you know, it's it's, you know, not a not a good storyline or something like, yeah, fine. It's a real life thing, but maybe it's not a good storyline it's an entertaining storyline. I just like the fact that they're taking something that is that can be seriously debilitating like anxiety and actually addressing that in a mainstream show. And, and especially with somebody that was just a champion. Um, I, I, I gotta, I gotta give them credit there. And I, and I hope they do that particular story justice. Um, that was a complete cluster of a segment. So I'm just going to throw to you on that before, uh, uh, and the, uh, the, the, uh, kidnapping of, uh, the kidnapping part of it. I'll throw it to you before we go to anything else. Yeah, so I think Perez told, if I remember correctly, she told Ruka, or not Ruka, Stark, you're the reason why people like me need to be open about our anxiety because of Stark being a bully, basically, right? Yep, 100%. That's exactly what she said. And then Perez walked away. Stax was trying to needle Stark, and that's when Pretty Deadly attacked and really beat the hell out of them. I mean, laid him out. Um, my my issue here is how are we supposed to um, think of D'Angelo and Stax? It's a real heel thing to kidnap and abduct somebody and put them in the trunk of your car, but then you're trying to saddle up and and help the former women's champion as she's battling as a her face. issues. Yeah, yeah. So it was so weird. Like when this is kind of like when Carter and Chance are going through through their things, where one week they were faces, one week they were heels, and just vacillating between the two. I'm a bit confused as to what I'm supposed to think about Stax and D'Angelo because they reiterated their their desire to Perez to become tag team champion. And then if they're her enforcers, then be alongside her when she regains her, the, the women's NXT championship. So I'm just uh, that's what would confuse me the most about everything going on here is. What is their disposition? Obviously, they're going to have a match with Pretty Deadly probably next week. I, they didn't. I don't know if they announced it, but if not next week, the week after, because they already have the triple threat tag title match next week for the men's title. But what? But yeah, just pick a side for them and stick with that side because you've tried to make them heels. The crowd cheered. You made them faces. They kind of been tepid. You go between the two. What are we supposed to think? Just pick one and go from there. I think being the faces are, is the way to go for them. But if that's the case, then don't have them abduct, abduct people in the parking lot. Yeah, it was it was so weird because, uh, you know, obviously you're having them abduct and kidnap somebody in the parking lot. Total heel thing to do. And then you've got them buddying up to, to the former NXT women's champion who's, who's like, face? who's, I mean, the the most face of face that you could possibly face. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that it, it was, I mean, you know, I mean, unless they're trying to do, you know, like pull some two time and type thing or, or something like that. I, I don't know. But that also that also did stand out to me. Um, but uh, but yeah. All right. Um, anything else uh, or shall we shall we move on? Move on. Okay, so we also had uh, Gallus uh, backstage picking a fight with uh, with Tank Ledger, um, and then Schism comes into the uh, into the frame, and uh, the Dyad Grizzled Young Grizzled Young Vets. I can't call them Dyad, man. Grizzled Young Vets. They demand a, a rematch uh, or a match for the uh, the NXT Tag Titles. Um, then a little while later, uh, we also saw. Um, uh, I have it written down. I know I do. Who else? Somebody else 
uh, the creeds also um, uh, also challenged for the tag titles. Looks like we're going to have a, a match for that next week. Um, we also had uh, yeah, Nile um, Ivy Nile requested time and said the Diamond Mines back to back to three after dealing with Tatum Paxley. Uh, oh, and that's yeah, this is where Creed say that they'll eventually beat Gallus now mm-hmm. next week for and challenge for the titles too. Um, and they also said they'll be out there for Joe Coffey's match. Um, and Stratton comes on screen and says uh, that she's complaining about how she's winning matches, but she's not the number one contender for the NXT title. Um, then we had the Cora Jade segment. We talked about that. Um, we had uh, Wesley was interviewed uh, and they talked about the uh, the record number of title defenses I mentioned earlier. Um, and uh, I think that's it. Oh, oh, sorry. We also had one other segment. Uh, we had a scripts vignette um, where he's supposed to be exposing Axiom somehow, um, which I God, I You know what? As much as I hated Reggie, could you go back to being Reggie? Anyway, let me throw to you on all that stuff. Yeah, a lot to go through real quick on scripts. I wrote in my report, after getting golden ratio the hell out of the air last week, what's even the point of this stuff, right? Um, right? Like, I just couldn't take him seriously after that. <laughs> Man, that that, golden ra- that keeps playing in my head. That was such an awesome spot. Oh, it was perfectly placed, perfectly timed. Um, all, when it came to the Creed Brothers, it's it seemed like, because the, uh, the other team that's in the triple threat next week is, is Sax and D'Angelo, right? Uh, oh no no. Um, what was the other team they challenged that challenged for the title? Uh, uh, Dyad. Oh, Dyad. Right, right. They completely dismissed the Dyad. Like, didn't even think of them as as competition. And you know, I think this could be a make good for the Dyad with their requ- with their release request. But also, think about it this way: maybe James Drake and Zach Gibson were released, but not Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed. So that's why they're still there. Um. I don't want to think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was... I think the Creed brothers... I think Julius at times, because he's so confident, how he says his words can come off a bit heelish at times. Brutus was actually the more reasoned one tonight, which is not something you say very often, right? Um, But I think... I, I don't think you take the titles off Gallus right now. No. Uh, I don't think the Creed brothers need to have the titles again. I think you can just... The thing is, you can move them without Niall, but if you want to keep Niall with them, then she needs to be on NXT a little bit longer to move together, which leaves the Creeds with nothing to do until unless they're feuding with another team, right? Maybe something happens in the match and they'll start feuding with uh, uh, schism, dyad, but I just, even as a make good, I, I just don't think it's time for Gallus to lose, especially with Coffee just being reintroduced into the fold. I don't think they lose the tag titles until Coffee challenges for or wins uh, a men's title. So, yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, you just said Coffee so many times. I I really want a cup of coffee, but it's it's almost midnight. It's 5:50 here. Yeah, yeah that's true. You know, yeah, I'm not gonna make a cup. I'll be up all night. I'll be up all night. <laughs> Decaf, but I don't have any. Anyway, that's gonna bring us to the end of our show tonight, guys. I'm Nate Lindbergh. You can follow me on Twitter at Nate Lindbergh. Write the NXT hits and misses for pwtorch.com. Bruce, who are you? 
I'm Bruce Lee Hazelwood. You can find me on Twitter at B underscore E253, and you can also find my report up at the Torch on the VIP side. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Torch Assistant Editor Zach Haydorn here to remind you to pick up a copy of my new book. It's called Stunning, The Wrestling Artistry of Steve Austin. The project takes a long look at Austin as an artist in the wrestling ring. Analysis starts from his early days in the USWA and then wraps up with his match at WrestleMania 38 against Kevin Owens, all with analysis on what worked and how his art worked to connect with fans. The book is available for pre-order right now from the team that brought you the Shamrock Biography Hybrid Shoot. Pre-order copies are discounted, and you can get all the details on my Twitter page right now. It's at Torch. Again, it's at Torch to pre-order Stunning, the Wrestling Artistry of Steve Austin.